Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Oh, baby! <laughs> Woo! What is up, Buffalo fanatics? Z-Bot here with you. Victory Monday night. Live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel, it can only mean one thing. It is the smoke break. Welcome in to the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. Thank you so much for joining me on an oh-so-sweet Monday night. And I think you know why your boy is fired up tonight. The Buffalo Bills improved a 5-1, secure their spot as the number one team in the AFC, getting that sweet, delicious taste of revenge for now over those demonic Kansas City Chiefs. 24-20, your final from Arrowhead in a game that at first, it seemed like it may not live up to the hype, but we got there eventually in the payoff was everything we wanted and then some Monday night Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel Z-Bot smoke break and it's so good to have you in how about that game yesterday how about it just an absolute culmination of everything that these bills have been working towards and yesterday you saw down to the down to the final play really Everything, not only these players have been putting out on the field, but what they've been doing up in the meeting rooms. Getting this team to where they want to be to be able to pull off a game like they did yesterday. It all was on full display in Kansas City yesterday and wound up leading to the victory. 24-20, Buffalo Bills are victorious and they stand alone currently at the top of the AFC. Now, I'm sure you saw earlier today, 
that Nick Wright, you know, the big Kansas City Chiefs fan, he's also a huge Buffalo Bills fan, if you didn't know. Uh, yeah, Nick Wright, he, he, you know, he's mourning. And I understand, as a lot of Chiefs fans are today, and, and we would be too if we were in that position. God knows I was mourning heavily after a loss to the, to the Dolphins, and, and that seems like a distant memory right now. I mean, the fact that we've seen the Bills do what they've done since playing that Miami game, we've seen what Miami has done since winning that game, it is a distant memory. But I understand, you know, you get in your feels. And today, uh, Nick Wright, he goes live on FS1, and he has to address the game, of course. And he says he never talks uh, with anything prepared, really. He never talks into a, a teleprompter. He never prepares anything. And uh, neither do I. When I come on here, it's from the heart. It's from the soul. It's from the passion of Bill's Mafia inside of me to the Bill's Mafia on the other side of the screen watching me. But tonight, I, like Nick Wright, prepared a statement. Because Nick Wright prepared a statement uh, this afternoon in regard to the Chiefs' loss to the Bills. So I, myself, prepared a statement for the first time ever here on the Smoke Break. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. I got my notebook here. And I just want to get my glasses on and make sure I read everything right here. <clears throat> here we are. Let's see. <clears throat> All right. I wrote this down earlier, and, and this is my thoughts. You know, this is my, I poured my heart out into this. Here we go. <clears throat> How about them bills, baby? <laughs> I love it, man. I just love everything that comes with yesterday's victory. Everything. There's so much to talk about tonight. I'm jazzed up as ever. I am just absolutely through the moon. I can't even lie to you guys. The emotions yesterday that I went through, and it's, and it's just, it's very similar to what we went through in the divisional game. A season, not or it, yes, a season ago. I keep wanting to say a year ago, but it's crazy to think that that was still in this year, 2022, where you go back and have that heartbreak that seemed to never fade. Of course, it it got less over time, but it's always going to be there. That 13-second moment is always going to be with you. If you are a true, to-the-core, die-hard Buffalo Bills fan, that 13 seconds is going to stick with you regardless of what the Bills do in the future, because you know that in that given year, that 13 seconds separated the Bills from winning the Super Bowl. I am a full-fledged, firm believer of that. It's not that it separated them from a, you know, an AFC championship game or another playoff sh uh, shot at getting there. To me, it was, it was the Super Bowl. It absolutely was. And so you go into this game and you want to exercise those demons to some extent. Now, you can't fully do that in the regular season. But this is the only opportunity you have between now and when you inevitably see them again to be able to get that monkey off your back. And I thought that the Bills would go a long way in doing that if they started the season proving to everybody that they were as good as they were being labeled to be. That's exactly what they did. But that, of course, means nothing if you do not achieve the ultimate goal for this team and that in that ultimate goal when you get down to it outside of of course winning the Super Bowl that's every team's ultimate goal no more than the Bills because they have done everything in their power to be in the position to achieve that but the ultimate goal for this Bills team the way this Bills team is built it is to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and yesterday you realized that, like I said right at the top, everything that they've done 
Brandon Bean down, putting work into this team, building it from the first guy all the way to the last guy coming out of the locker room. It was on display yesterday. And I think where I want to start today is the biggest emphasis of that thought process in which the Bills are built or building to beat the Chiefs. And it's Von Miller, of course. This team we had felt for the last several seasons was a defensive D-line, a D-line pressure, a quarterback edge rusher away from being the team that can get over the hump, that can beat Kansas City, and that could in turn mean getting to the Super Bowl. And I think when you look at this game yesterday, and I want to kind of take this into, you know, a, a couple of different parts. We'll get to Von Miller in a sec, because to me, that's kind of where it all spearheads. But the reason I think that he is the biggest difference and the reason I think that when you look at how this team was constructed in the offseason to be able to capitalize on the situation they're currently in, the Chiefs and the Bills are so, they're so far separated from the rest of the league. You watch football as much as I do. Every other game, even you know, especially in a situation like yesterday when the Bills are on at 425, you have the whole 1 o'clock slate to watch beforehand. You watch the rest of this league. And then the Bills and the Chiefs take the same field. And it, it's, not, it's almost like watching a completely different sport. And I have 100% got to tip my cap as I always do to this Kansas City Chiefs team. I don't come away from that game saying the Bills, they're better than Kansas City. I come away from that game saying it's those two teams and whoever gets the additional player two to go their way is going to win that game. That is as even, that is as even of a heavyweight fight as you're going to see in all of sports, and in, it's in its infancy. It comes mainly down to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, of course. And it just so happens that not only are those two teams completely separated from the rest of the league, those two quarterbacks are completely separated from the rest of the league. These two teams are so identical in their greatness, in their dominance, that yesterday even though the Bills win, or even if the Kansas City Chiefs had won, you look at that game from both sides and say, damn, one, nobody better than us. Nobody better than us. Like Kansas City fans this morning, you don't hang your head at all. And if that game were to go a different way, if Mahomes doesn't throw the interception to Teron Johnson and they go to the distance and win it, I don't sit here today and say, damn, you know, we, we just aren't there yet. Both these teams, if you don't think the AFC is coming down to these two teams, you are out of your mind. What are you watching? Frankly, if you don't think the Super Bowl is going through one of those teams, that and you got people joking, and this is always the age-old joke, I hate this joke. Even though I didn't, I didn't mind seeing it when we were talking about the, the Dolphins winning uh, in week three over the Bills, because it did feel like they were celebrating a Super Bowl. But you see people saying, oh, the Bills got their Super Bowl win. I'm pretty sure even Nick Wright said that. If you look at that game and that's what you take from that, there's absolutely no way. 
the reason it feels like you win a Super Bowl yesterday is because that game might as well be the Super Bowl. What team is even touching the talent level that we just saw out on the field in Arrowhead yesterday? It is those two teams and everybody else is looking up. They're so identical in how incredibly great they are. And that's what makes this game in itself unbelievable. This rivalry is going, and and you're watching it in person. It's rare, I think, that you get to see something in its development in the middle of its growth and know that decades from now, it's going to be talked about in the light of the ones that we all grew up on that we will never forget. The battles between the greats, the all-time legends. You're watching it right here. There's no way you're not. Yet you saw what was out on that field yesterday on both sides. You want to talk about how similar in overall success that these two teams are. Go ahead and look at the stat sheet. You can have the argument all day, who's better, and, and, th- and this goes for everyone here. You don't leave that game thinking, damn, like the Bills just proved that they're way better than the Chiefs. Or the Chiefs don't lose that game saying, damn, we, we, we lost our, our, uh, our hold on the AFC. You leave that team saying, damn, this is going to be the league until Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes decides to hang the cleats up. Josh Allen, 27 of 40, 329 through the air. Patrick Mahomes, 25 of 40, 338 through the air. Almost identical numbers. Three touchdowns for Allen, two touchdowns for Mahomes. You look at the overall offense, they almost had the exact same amount of yardage, almost the exact same amount of yards per play, almost the exact same amount of first downs. And it was tied every single quarter up until it wasn't at the end. What you learned yesterday is that the Bills have done exactly what they aimed to do, and it is to be on the level of the Chiefs with additional pieces to be able to get them over the hump and be better than them at the end of four quarters, and that's where Von Miller comes into play. Because I read you off those stats and how similar Josh Allen's play was to Patrick Mahomes, and how similar the offensive outcome was, how similar everything about that game was. But the biggest difference came down to what I have been preaching about this entire season and why I doubled down on it today. The reason this Bills team is currently 5-1, and one, number one in the AFC, and easily the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl is because of this defense. And yesterday, the guy that, the, that Brandon Bean and this management went out and got and said, screw it, chips in the table, we're spending the money, we don't care, we need that additional puzzle piece to complete the picture. Von Miller, we're bringing him in for this situation right here. And hopefully, you repeat it again when it really counts. But yesterday, Josh Allen's only sacked one time. Mahomes is sacked three times. Von Miller has two of those sacks. 
And on the final offensive play of the game for the Kansas City Chiefs, who's coming off the edge, completely disrupting the play, completely getting in the face of Patrick Mahomes, completely blocking his ability to see Teron Johnson coming out of the other side. It's Von Miller. Von Miller gets two of the three sacks and ultimately winds up forcing the game-changing play. The catalyst, so to speak, of this offseason that was supposed to round this team into being the best in the league has not only shown you all year that he is exactly that, but he showed you in the exact moment that he was brought onto this team to be that. And that, out of everything yesterday, you could have a list from your head to your toe of the things you take away from yesterday that just has you glowing as a Bills fan. But the one thing you got to feel the best about, I think, is the one thing that we didn't know was going to pan out until we got into this year. But we did know if it did, look out, this team is finally going to be that team that they've been this close to being the last couple of seasons. Von Miller. To me, he's the representative of what this team has been building towards to get to this point. We've talked about it time and time again. He is the final piece to the puzzle. And yesterday, he just so happened to be that final piece to put together the picture that painted a W. Him included, but ultimately this defense as a whole. You are looking at right now the reason why this Bills team, in my, I mean, I, I just, I, I can't fathom anything differently right now. This team it, it, it has to be Super Bowl. It has to be. You saw it. What you, I mean, you're seeing greatness on both sides. I saw a stat earlier. There's this, there's this account on Twitter. I think, I think he's called Stat Cowboy or something. Um, a great follow. He, he calculates the different betting markets based on how each team is favored from week to week. The Bills... Based on these metrics, if they were to play any team in the NFL on a neutral field, it doesn't matter who the team is. If they were to play any team at any time on a neutral field, they would be favored by just under 10 points on average against every single team in the league. No other team in the league would be favored by more than a touchdown. Every other team, all 31 other teams, based on that average, would be favored by less than seven points. And it's because you're seeing something that is very rare in this league. The best offense and the best defense wearing the exact same uniform. And yesterday, I know that there was, there was plenty of things that you could take away from that game that were just like, oh my God. Like, and we'll get into it, of course. The Isaiah McKenzie, the, 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 the flip. I don't even know what to call it. I mean, good God, it gave me a stroke almost. I, I, I don't even want to think about it especially knowing just how, if that game would have went differently, those are the things I'm talking about right now. I'd probably be on my 20th minute talking about that. And you know how much I love Isaiah McKenzie in general, but good God, yesterday that was just, it was egregious how bad it was. There's plenty of things yesterday that you can take away from that game and say, ugh, right? Well, when it comes down to the full 60 minutes, the better unit on either side did that 
just that much more to get it done. But the defense to me is what ultimately matters the most because on this team, we already know that if you got Josh Allen on the offensive side, you're going to have a chance to win no matter what when it comes to scoring points and the offense putting this team in a position to get the job done at the end of the day. But these other teams around the league don't have that in addition to a defense that can also be the complete difference maker in a game. And yesterday, you and it's just you got a variety of different guys doing it. That's the glorious thing here. So we already spoke on Von Miller. And to me, I think that that, and you've seen it time and time again, it was the final piece to just bring all of this together. I mean, is it any coincidence that that nearly the entire defense up until this point this year, individually, are having career years? I'm not saying it's all because of Von Miller, but you don't think that that was just a absolute massive forest fire type spark to this defense? It has to be. It's no secret that the whole defensive line is having by far the best year the Bills defensive line has had in God knows how long, and it trickles all the way back. And you got a variety of different guys making play after play. You got Kyir Elam, a rookie, a rookie. And this is what I when I this is what I mean when I say what the Bills and Brandon Bean have been working towards, building towards. You got the guy that Brandon Bean takes in the first round, what, three months ago, picking off Patrick Mahomes in the end zone. That never happens. And think about that game from a different light if that game, if that play doesn't go that way. It's at least a field goal. And the whole game's different. Unbelievable play by a rookie in the biggest game of the year. And then Teron Johnson. And I saw going into the Kansas City game, and if you watched Rico's show last night when I hopped on and ripped back a shotgun, I mentioned this briefly. I saw some back and forth between Chiefs beat reporters and and guys like me who do podcasts and then, you know, Chiefs fans and stuff. And they were talking about how it was advantage Chiefs because the Bills secondaries banged up and they don't have anybody that the Chiefs need to worry about. The disrespect towards some of these guys on the Bills defense that are not household names that nobody outside of Buffalo knows, it's unbelievable. You know, Matt Milano, yesterday, once again, what did he have? Three of the greatest open field tackles you've seen again? I mean, the dude's a sure, full-fledged all-pro this year. And if he's not, then whoever's in charge of that hasn't watched a down of Bills football. You got Kyrie Elam making that play as a rookie. And then you look at Teron Johnson, who nobody outside of Buffalo knows. Nobody going into that game as a KC fan is worried about Teron Johnson altering the game. But that guy right there has made, what, three of the biggest plays now in franchise history? At least two. I throw in the one against uh, the the Pittsburgh Steelers on, what was it, Sunday or Monday night football where he picks off Big Ben to seal the game. Massive. But not nearly as big as these previous two. Quite literally made, arguably, a top three play in franchise history, picking off Lamar Jackson for the pick six uh, a, a few years back in the divisional route. When you go down the line of Bill's history and play the highlight reel, that is towards the top of the video every single time, no matter what happens. The rest of the existence of the Bills, that play. And then yesterday, in the biggest moment, 
when we've seen this movie before, right? Josh Allen puts together a masterpiece of a drive, hurdling guys once again, dime after dime, peeling down the field, an absolute laser in a bucket to Dawson Knox, who finally makes an appearance this year. But there's still time on the clock. If you're like me and you know the Bills and God knows you know the Chiefs against the Bills and everybody else in the league, you celebrated that touchdown about it as fearful as you could, and then about a millisecond later, you paused, you sat down, and you said, God damn it, there's a minute left on the clock. And that's what I keep harping on when I'm talking about the greatness of this defense and why they are ultimately the biggest different maker, biggest difference maker between these two units and between the rest of the league. A minute left, Patrick Mahomes, a lot of people are putting their money on him. Who could blame him? In two snaps in, you got Von Miller, the newest addition, getting in the face of Mahomes, and you got Teron Johnson, a guy that I would I would venture to say 90% of Chiefs fans going into that game had no clue about, coming off the, the edge of your screen and robbing Mahomes, picking him right off, game, ball game. It's, it's, the, it's the next man up factor on this defense. It's the depth. It's the individual play that we've seen flourish from almost every single one of these guys. Tremaine Edmonds off the injury yesterday leads the team in tackles. Teron Johnson, I mean, I don't have to say it again. I mean, you know, no, nobody's thinking about him until he, be, until he wins the game for you. Von Miller, of course. Jordan Poyer, yet again. And you, and you look at it up and down the personnel and what it wound up resulting in. And it resulted in holding the number one offense in the NFL to 20 points. This team has yet to allow more than 21 points in a game. The only time they allowed more than 20 in a game was the Dolphins game. Need I remind you the reason why that probably happened? And if you really want to break that down, it's even more impressive that they held him to 21 points regarding those circumstances. Then it even more so proves my point based on the next man up, the depth and the overall talent of this defense from guys all over the place. And I'm a fool. I tweeted out yesterday early on that the Bills defense was not playing nearly to the caliber of the number one defense in the league. And it got like, you know, 200 likes. And so that's telling me people are agreeing with me. And, and, I, and, I, and I look at it at the end of the game because I had some people at the end of the game. And of course, hindsight's 2020. But I got people at the end of the game commenting on, you, you still thinking that now, bro? I mean, okay. Yeah, no, no, of course not. But it did hit me. And I'm glad those people kind of gave, they kind of gave me some shit for it. Because it, it, it's true. I think when we, when we watch the Bills, we, of course, are in a very lucky territory where we have Josh Allen and we don't have to worry about facing him, and everybody else does. When you go into the game against the Bills, no matter what you got on your personnel, no matter how much momentum you got riding into that game, no matter what you got, you're going against Josh Allen, and that is not an easy feeling. And I got to tell you what, Every single game the Bills play, no matter who it is, I don't really get nervous anymore. 
some games are way bigger than others. I got a bit nervous before the Ravens game just because you never know what you're going to get from Lamar Jackson. The dude, the dude's incredible. And we saw that on display in the first half of that game. And then you understand why, you know, that game makes sense. You're going to be a bit more nervous about that one than you would be playing the, the Panthers, right? But that's just, you know, that's common sense. But I'm, I'm, I don't ever go into a game without 100% full-fledged confidence, except for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then it hit me. That is what every team feels like when they play the Bills. I said it to my dad yesterday in the middle of the game. I said, and this was early on, and it's probably when I tweeted out that the defense wasn't playing nearly you know, top tier. Because the first drive when uh, Kyrie Elam did get that incredible interception, the, the, the Chiefs walked down the field. And Mahomes was just, I mean, he was, and it's just the most goddamn frustrating thing ever. But he just waltzed. It's not like Allen where it looks incredibly athletic and just like beastly. I mean, I don't know how Mahomes does it. It's like this ballerina bullshit dancing around on the tiptoes. It's almost like he's made out of uh, Vaseline. I, it's insane to me. And he just, and he'll, do, he'll, he'll do a little spin. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll I don't even, I don't, I don't know. It's, not, it's insane. It's insane. And they get white all the way down the field. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this defense is great, but it's it's just it was built for this game. And right now, and I know, and this is the problem with when it comes to having uh, a net, an internet connection, uh, a social media account, and two eyes watching a football game with unbridled passion that blinds you from anything else. You're, the first thing you say is, "Up, oh, they're not good. Up, oh, not what we thought they were going to be." This defense built for the Chiefs, and guess what? They're getting picked apart early on here. But in hindsight. After the game, when I can step back and look at the entire body of work of that defense, I think to myself, one, how extraordinary is it that they held that team to 20 points? Nobody does that. But two, it, the Chiefs are not going to be able, or the Bill, no team really, but the Bills are not going to be able on defense to give you this mind-blowing 60-minute performance on defense against the Chiefs where you think, domination, domination, domination. So I look at my dad in the middle of the game, or right after that drive, I believe, and I said, I, I don't know how to describe this. And I said, do you, do you, feel, this, do you feel this too? I said, it, 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 it's, it's literally indescribable. There's this, there's this like black mass that I feel when, when, I, when we play these guys, when we play the Chiefs. It, it's like this, it's this force field, this cloud, this energy I, I cannot describe it but I feel so uneasy I feel that every play is going to screw us I feel like Mahomes is going to find a way to get the ball in the end zone every time he takes the the snap it's this force field I cannot describe it and he said he felt the same way and I look at what I had said about the defense at that time and I look back at it afterwards and then I thought about the way things went, and also who the Chiefs are. And, and, and that's when it hit me. The Bills give that feeling that I'm describing to every other team in the league. And the only team that gives us that feeling is the Chiefs. 
And I'd imagine the only feel, the only team that gives the Chiefs that feeling is us. And the Bills' defense, despite at times, I think, making Mahomes, you know, or, or allowing Mahomes to get down the field or whatever, I, I, it, I finally realized what, there's, not, there's only so much you can do. That's how great Patrick Mahomes is, and that's how great Josh Allen is. And it kind of just comes back to the original point here where you're just watching greatness. Because that Bills defense is just as good as it gets. It just is. And, and once again, it was yesterday. But even so, Patrick Mahomes makes, you know, a handful of plays yesterday where you're just like, oh, my God. Like, no way. Just no goddamn way, man. No. No, no, no. And I want to blame the defense. But, but you, you, you look back at it and you can't. You just can't. It's just because that's how good he is. I mean, do you think anybody could really blame their defense when Josh Allen is quite literally hurtling over you or when he's throwing a ball? Or, or like last week, for example, the, the touchdown to Gabe Davis on Minka Fitzpatrick. How could Mike Tomlin take Minka Fitzpatrick to the sideline and scold him for that? He couldn't have played better defense. You, you literally couldn't have played it better. There's, there, there's nothing else you could have done. Nothing. Literally nothing. He was wearing Gabe Davis like a glove. And Josh Allen put it in the only possible spot where Gabe Davis could have caught it. And Gabe Davis, who is now once again yesterday, proved that he and Stephon Diggs are one of, if not the best wide receiver duo in the league, which is exactly what we were hoping it was going to turn out to be this year. You, you just throw your hands up and you just, and you just say, you just say, fuck. You know, you just, you, you literally just say, Fuck, what are you, you going to do? What, what are you supposed to do? So I, I, I'm glad that there were people who hopped in my mentions after that because I had forgot I even tweeted that. I completely forgot about it. But I'm glad people reminded me because it, it, it was something that I, I completely misspoke out of irrationality and out of just pure, and I, and I, and I commented this on the tweet. I said, this is what, this is what the rage and frustration that Patrick Mahomes causes me makes me think. His, his, and it's not even just him, too. I mean, we also forget Andy Reid. He's going to go down as one of the greatest offensive minds ever. I mean, the dude, can, all game yesterday, it was, just, it was tremendously coached by the Chiefs and Andy Reid. The game, if you play that game five more minutes, I mean, who knows how it turns out? Both sides. They could have kept going all day. It's the same thing with the divisional game. You just have greatness everywhere, all the way up from the, from the owner down on both sides of the field yesterday. But that defense, and I just, I just wanted to make sure that I, I address this. I, I, I just so pissed at myself for allowing even for a second to think that they were not showing up to that game early on because ultimately they were the complete difference. And, and it was just a, a, another dose of reality and, and, you know, kind of like smack in the face of, Hey, remember who you're playing? The number one offense in the league and arguably the best quarterback in the league. And I don't really care to argue that anymore. Really? I mean, Bill's fans and chiefs fans can have a day with it. I just don't care anymore. It, it's those two. I mean, fight all you want about it. I don't, no one's ever going to take, take the crown 
I mean, yeah, of course the Chiefs have the argument for the MVP in the Super Bowl. I get that. But when we're talking about, you know, present day on the neutral on a field going at it, man, I mean, that's just that's that's world class. Both sides. But the ultimate difference in this game was the defense, and they wound up making one or two plays more than the Chiefs D did, and that was the game. And I got to give a lot of credit to the Chiefs defense in this one as well. You know, the Chiefs defense came in statistically not even close to what the Bills are. I think they were the 24th ranked passing defense. They played a hell of a game. I really thought the Bills were going to have a much easier time lighting the scoreboard up. And, they, and, it, and it, it, points did not come easy. Points did not come easy. Everything had to be earned. A lot of credit to the Chiefs D yesterday. But what you notice here is these two teams are so similar and these two teams are so great that every single time they play, it is going to come down to one or two plays that is going to absolutely break the opposing team fan base's heart when they lose. Every single one of these games from here on out, maybe an outlier here and there, but from here on out, it's going to be a heartbreaker every single time. The Bills just happen to be on the winning side of this one. We were by far on the other side of it in the divisional game with a heartbreak that'll last a lifetime. But yesterday, it's a heartbreaker for the Chiefs because, you know, they really just, they, they balled out. They did everything they could have done to win that game. But the Bills just made one or two more plays. And that's why when you want to have the argument as, you know, who's the better team in the league, who's the best team, who's the better team in the AFC, you know, I don't even care to say AFC because it's just, it's the NFL, whatever. It's these two teams. And it's, this, it's the same argument with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. You can argue till you're blue in the face, but you look at the numbers, you look at the game through the eye test. I mean, it's just, it, it is just, it's those two. It's 1A, 1B. And it's just going to come down to what team can make an additional play or two. And where I will give the Bills the edge in my argument as to why they are the better team it is because they do have those one or two guys on defense that the Chiefs don't that can change the game. That, to me, is, is the ultimate difference. The Bills went into that game with the better D. They went into that game with the better personnel on D. And when the clock struck zero, it was that defense that made the two or so plays that wound up winning the game for the Bills. Unbelievable game. Absolutely extraordinary, and I guarantee it. we see round two at some point. You hope it's the AFC championship because anything before that would just be an absolute shame to not only Bills and Chiefs fans, but the NFL. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, it's not just us fans. And, 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 and Chiefs fans in here, and of course Bills fans, I mean, you know it, but I mean, we just have, you know, our team is what the league wants, it, it wants to watch. I mean, everybody, everybody who has even a remote interest in football was tuning into that one yesterday. And it's not just because of the names or, you know, the revenge game, the rematch. It's because if you like football, you can't dislike what that was because that is as good a football as you're ever going to see. And that's the way it's going to be every time these two face off. Bobby Glean coming in with the super chat. Appreciate you, Bobby. 
and appreciate all 300 plus joining in right now. Smash the like when you do get a chance because, hey, you know, if you like the win yesterday and, you know, you want to you just celebrate with me, that's the way to celebrate. Smash the like button on a victory Monday. Zeba, I think Sneed's ankles are still on the field after that shake and bake by the winner soldier. I'm trying to remember uh, which one is which one is that? Am I having a am I having a mind a mind melt right now? Are you, are you talking about the the hurdle? Are we talking about the hurdle? Either way, we got to talk about that hurdle, right? I was listening to Colin Cow. Yeah, okay, thank you. The hurdle. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why I'm. I don't know. I'm just a little. I'm a little over. I'm a little over right now. I mean, yesterday, honestly, God, I mean, I just, I knew the the game just threw me in. It, it was, it was a roller coaster for sure. Wrote it into today too. But let's talk about that hurdle. Let's talk about Josh Allen. I, I was listening to uh, Colin Coward the other day, and he has uh, Greg Cosell on. Every week, love Greg Cosell because he is like the film guru. Greg Cosell, nobody knows, you know, the, the axes and nose of football better than this guy. He's been with NFL Films for like 40 years, and he breaks down every single snap of every game. It's it's extraordinary stuff. So, of course, uh, you know, this was the game of the week, and it's what everybody was talking about, and everybody's got their story and their take and their angle. And uh, but I love I love this uh, part of Greg Cosell's feature on the, on Coward this week because uh, you know Coward flat out asked him. He said, "You know, Greg, take away your forty years experience watching film, and and you know, take away just you know anything you really know about the game from an analytical standpoint. So you know, no bias in mind, anything like that, and." You watch these two guys, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. He goes, which one do you think is the better quarterback? And he said it's incredibly close. Like it's just, it's so negligible, the 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 difference. But he said the reason he thinks that Josh Allen is the more talented quarterback is because of the size and the athleticism. And I think that was the best way to put it. If you're in the camp of arguing that Josh Allen is the better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes, I think that is the best argument that you can possibly have. And the hurdle yesterday is just the perfect example of that. Patrick Mahomes does a lot of wizardry bullshit. I mean, we see it all the time. And that's what I was talking about earlier, where it's just so damn frustrating to watch if you're not rooting for him. Because it's just like, it's like, damn. It's literally just like, damn. I, I don't know how he does half the stuff. And like I was saying earlier, he does this pirouette bullshit, this, this spin around, spinny top ballerina crowd, and nobody else can do that. I mean, even like Lamar Jackson, who's like the fastest guy I've ever seen play the position, just an ungodly athlete. He, he doesn't even, like, he doesn't move like that. Like, if, if, if Mahomes and, and, and Jackson raced, I mean, I can't imagine it would be very close. Yet Mahomes moves in this way where it doesn't look athletic. It doesn't, I, 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 as you can see, I just, I think this is what everybody does when they talk about Mahomes. I, I don't have an explanation for it. And, and like, you know, Dave's coming in here and saying, yeah, it, it's Houdini like. It's just weird. It's like, it's like this cloak he has where he can, it's kind of like Dr. Strange where he can like, you know, 
throw one portal on the ground and jump through it and then jump through the other portal on the other side of the room. Because it doesn't look like he's fast enough to do it. It doesn't look like he's athletic enough to do it yet. I mean, there was a play yesterday where he had the ball in the backfield for like seven seconds. And he's like spinning around. And you got like world-class, world-class Bills defenders chasing him in the backfield. And he somehow gets out of it. <laughs> First down. I just like you're, And you're just like, but with Josh Allen, he can do stuff like that. Just not as, I, I don't think not as stylish, right? Mahomes has this style to him. But I think the reason we love Josh Allen so much is because his style is I'll run you the hell over. It's that Buffalo, you know, it's, it, it's, it's that Buffalo breed. I think that's why, and I've said this a million times, but it's just why he fits in this organization so perfectly. And not that I think either one, I mean, they're both incredible as far as like they're, they're tangibles that nobody else can do. But the reason I think that Greg Cosell, and in my opinion, you know, when it comes to the guy you'd rather have from a, you know, athletic standpoint, Mahomes can't do that. And it's not a, a discredit to Mahomes because nobody else can. Like, not, no. <laughs> like, just flat out, no, no, you can't do it. No one else can do it. And it's not like yesterday, oh, you know, Wow, Josh Allen hurdle. It's like, oh, he hurdled again. What is that, the fifth time? It's at least the third time. The second time against the Chiefs. No, there's four, right? There's four hurdles. There's two Chiefs, a Patriots hurdle. I mean, look at this. Look at that. I'm listing off hurdles. I'm listing off like, like known, like remember all time hurdles from a quarterback. What? And you watched the play live yesterday. How did he even know to time the hurdle? I mean, my ass would have gotten blasted back to the 1800s on that run. And he times it to where it's literally perfect. And how your mind, and, that, and, it, and that's the thing I think that gets forgotten when it comes to a play like that. Because it just looks like this athletic specimen and I mean and it is but how about the mind that goes into that the wit the IQ the overall ability of timing to be able to pull off a, a, a play like that and it all has to come together perfectly to execute it I just I, I don't I don't think well I don't know I don't know. There's just, there's just nothing else like it. And there's, I've, I've never seen anything like it. I never will again. And like I said, it's just, it's not like it's this, this one-off anomaly cool thing. I mean, it is his, like that, this is the best way to put it, I guess. You know, Mahomes little, and this is the best way to compare these two guys. I think this is the perfect way to do this. You know, Mahomes little bullshit shovel pass that works every single time. Like everyone knows it's coming. If the Chiefs are on the on the three or so yard line, and this is just it's the credit to Andy Reid and it's the credit to Mahomes and it's oh god my least favorite player I think he's getting up there he's getting up there with Brady, Kelsey. Those three are just an absolute 
problem. And it's that little bullshit, underhand or left hand, whatever, that seems to work every time. That's Mahomes' thing, right? That's his defined shtick, so to speak. And Allen's is the hurdle. And it's the best way to compare the greatness of these two guys. Because they're both, they're both traits that nobody else can do. And they both kind of ultimately wind up resulting in success for their team. It's just in completely different ways. And that's why watching these two guys go, to, go off together, it, it's just extraordinary. Rob, you come in here saying, Kelsey is phenomenal. Can't hate on what he does. Why do you think I, why do you think I hate him? <laughs> He's unbelievable. And that, hey, another, 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 like, one of these to the Bills D yesterday. You know, finally, Travis Kelsey, I know he had eight for 108, but he's, he was living in the end zone against the Bills. Or he had been. There was never really that, other than that Juju Smith-Schuster play, which, I mean, that to me, when you look at the defense yesterday, that's the one play you look at and you're just like, and I think that's where I was starting to feel like, man, like, you know, is this defense really going to unravel like this in this spot, the spot that they were meant to rise and prove that this was the defense built to be able to win games like this? That was the play that really just kind of stuck in your ass because Mahomes danced around, got it to Schuster, who hasn't done shit all year, and you got three guys right on him, and I don't know how the hell they missed the tackle, but they did. And, you know... There's, there's the big, biggest play of the game for the Chiefs, Schuster, all the way to the, to the end zone. But Kelsey usually just digs them up for massive, massive plays. And he had a great game, of course. Don't get me wrong. And he was still averaging almost 14 yards a catch. But keeping, them out, keeping him out of the end zone is no easy task. And the Bills know that firsthand. So you got to give credit to the Bills for finding a way. I mean, especially in the red zone there. Mahomes to, to Travis Kelsey in the red zone. I mean, that, that's about as automatic as a jugs machine. I mean, that's just what that is. It's just, it's, it's automatic. It literally works every time. It's like the best, it's the best scoring threat. It's one of the best scoring threats in history. Mahomes and, and Kelsey in the red zone. And when you look back, it's like, you know, Mahomes doesn't get the ball to Kelsey in the end zone on that first drive. And Teron Johnson pick, or excuse me, and Kyer Elam picks it off. How about the other thing here too? I know I'm just kind of going like, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, but that's kind of what this game was yesterday because it's just, there's just so much to take in when you watch these two and you're on edge the whole time. You're on edge the whole time. We are just like, you think every single snap's do or die. The thing of it is though, when you kind of, when you kind of, Rewind back to the day. It, it, it's the truth. Every snap really is. But the Bills had to overcome more yesterday. And I think that's what makes this win so much more impressive. There were a lot of things yesterday that should have done the Bills in, really. And, you know, you know, you know the age-old uh, cliche, you know, great teams just find a way. Great teams find a way to win. And we've seen that every game this year. Even in the Dolphins' loss, they found a way to win that game. They just didn't execute it. But they found a way. They found ways to overcome 
the depleted team they had that day, but they just did not capitalize. Yesterday, there were a handful of things that really should have done them in, but they, they found a way and they capitalized. Before I get into the take here, got to touch on my man, Johnny DeMarchi's super chat. Always showing love. Johnny D, appreciate you as always, my friend. Johnny's saying, Bills have played by far the toughest NFL schedule. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, you heard me rant about this probably the last couple of weeks. That's why where they're at today, it's just that it's, it's remarkable going into this by five and one. I, 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 I mean, I told you last week where I'd be. And you, you see it today. I mean, I think I've actually been kind of tame compared to what I, I tried to be, at least. I took a nap before this. I had to. I've been so jazzed up all day, and last night I kind of was just, like, overstimulated. I think I just passed out. Anyway, Johnny. Bills have played by far the toughest NFL schedule. 5-1 and one with uh, road wins over Stafford, Mahomes, Lamar, plus annihilations of Pittsburgh and Miami and a 497 to 212 yard edge in the L versus Miami, four of six on the road, Buff, KC, Philly, then the rest. Yeah. And, you know, it's to me, it's Buff, KC, and there's a gap. There's, there's a gap, and then there's Philly. Philly's great. I just don't think they're that. I don't think they're that. I mean, Philly looked great yesterday, right? You go up 20 to nothing or 20 to three or whatever it was. And and you let Cooper Rush get right back into it. I'm not knocking Philly. I mean, they're clearly the third the third best team in the league, or you you want to argue wherever they, they are. I mean, I even had them one in the power rankings, but in my power rankings going into this week. But, you know, you, you can't watch yesterday. You can't watch the Bills and the Chiefs yesterday and tell me that there's, no, there's a better team, despite Philly's record. Philly's a great team, but I just don't think anybody else is that. I just, I, I just don't know what that is. It's just, it's just better. It's just so good. That black cloud, that darkness, that, that force field I was talking about with the Chiefs, you know, Philly hasn't earned that. Yeah, they're great, but they haven't earned that, that fear factor that the Bills and the Chiefs drive into every single opponent the second they see them on their schedule. Now, if Philly was on our schedule, you look at it and you go, damn, that's going to be a tough game. I don't think you got that feeling in your gut like you do when you see the Chiefs on there. And I don't think you got that feeling in your gut like you, like you would if you were an opposing team seeing the Bills on there. You see what I'm saying? I think that's got to be earned. But they're doing a good job of getting there, I will say. Philly looking damn good. And, and, it, and it's the same thing with the quarterbacks, too. I mean, you know, it, it's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes... And I was listening to pro football talk during the week here, and, and they made a great point. Who, who the hell is the third best quarterback? The, you know, Mahomes and Allen are so damn good. It's just like, who even cares who the third best quarterback is? They, uh, Florio and Sims are kind of having a debate. I think they settled on Hurts, and that's who I would go with based on this season. I think Hurts has been terrific because he's got all the things you need now to win. He's got a great arm. 
pretty, you know, pretty damn accurate, can score multiple different ways, but he's also just incredible with his legs. And, and that's what you need. And, and that's what wins nowadays. I mean, it's just, you, you, you're having it, you're seeing it. You know, you're having a really tough time succeeding these days when all you have is a pocket presence. It's just not going to work. It'll work some weeks. It's not, it's not going to get you a ring. It's just not. Um, but the, the, the overall point is, you know, it's, it's, it's who, who cares who the third best quarterback is? Because it's, it's a debate. Like, it, but the thing with the Mahomes and Allen is it's just, it isn't a debate. Now you could debate amongst those two who's, who's better, but it's still those two. And that's why I keep saying, who cares who you think's better or worse or what your argument is. I don't care. Cause if you got one of those two guys, you're fine. Miss me with the, you know, which one's better. I don't care. The gap between those two and everybody else is extraordinarily high. I believe I missed Silas's uh, super chat as well. Let me cover that before I was, I'd get into the Bills uh, adversity. I think they had to face yesterday because, you know, you go back and look at that game and there were moments and, and listen, you know, the pessimistic Bills fan still lives in all of us. Sorry, you know it and I know it. It still lives in us all. And there were moments yesterday where it, it I felt it. But this is what I mean when I say great. This is, when you, this is how you know the, the, just the Bills are, they're just different, man. They're just different. Silas, I can't find your super chat, but I see it up top, so I can't put it on the screen, but I can read it. So I apologize for that. But let me share with the world what my man Silas, well, wrong button, what my man Silas Whittle has to say. He said, this team has no holes. It took a game that last year they would have lost. Thank you. That's a very good point. A very good point. Because it's exactly the same feeling I had. And that's what I meant when I was talking about when I was talking earlier about, you know, the addition of Von Miller. I just think that that really showed you yesterday how much of a difference that is. Because I think if you don't have Von Miller in that game yesterday, you, you, you might lose. You, really. That's how crucial, you know, two sacks and, uh, and a disrupted throw for a pick is. It's the game, really. It might not, you know, you, you might not think about it like that because it's not an offensive explosive touchdown or whatever. But really, it, 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 it like when I said earlier, you know, you're on your edge of your seat during this game because you think every play is do or die. Like it, it actually is in these games. You know, you, you play Pittsburgh, every play isn't do or die. You know, it just isn't. Case Keenum played for a full quarter in that game. It, every play isn't do or die. Every snap for the full 60 minutes. For Bills and Chiefs, it's do or die. Every single snap. Silas goes on to say, I know it's week six, but KC did everything they needed to win but couldn't. They were home, kept it close, and couldn't finish. And, yep, and, and that to me, it, it, it summarizes exactly what I've been saying all show here. Because you could say the same thing about the Bills last year in the divisional. The Bills did everything that they needed to do to win. Josh Allen could not have played better, but they didn't get it done in the final 13 seconds. So let's talk about, uh, we got, oh, we got one more from Silas. Silas doubling down. He's saying Josh is the best QB in the NFL. Three straight head-to-head games with Mahomes, and Josh has outplayed him in every single game. Buffalo is a wagon. I got to tell you, I don't know if I disagree with that. I, 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 I don't know if I, 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 think you're, you, you, I think you're right. But I think the argument's still there. It, I mean, it, it is still there. 
there's an there's an argument to be had. But I will say that is a really good argument on the side of Josh Allen. I think the last three times these guys have played, Allen, however marginal it might be, was I think the better player. And I, I mean, and I think to Silas's point, I think the reason why I do share that mindset as well. You know, if if Allen was the quarterback yesterday, if you look at the stat sheet here, and, and, and you know, Mahomes and Allen's numbers are just they're so they're like so dead similar. But if you look at the stat sheet here, of course, the biggest glaring difference is the interception column. Josh Allen three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Mahomes two touchdowns, two interceptions. And you can't help but think, you know, if Josh Allen were to have the opposite stat line and he were the one with the two interceptions, he's probably getting absolutely torched today, right? Now, Josh Allen, you know, he can't beat Patrick Mahomes. He's not as good. And that's why it's such a tough, it's a lose-lose, really. But that's why, once again, I don't give a shit. I just don't care. I watch the game. I know they're both great. Had Allen have been the guy throwing those two interceptions, you know, yeah, it would have blown, but I still know who Josh Allen is. But that's the difference, I think. You know, Al, you know Mahomes has earned this. And, and not to say Josh Allen hasn't earned respect. I mean, he is quite literally one of the most respected quarterbacks in the league. But the difference is everybody wants to jump on him as fast as they can. The, the, the media doesn't really do that with Mahomes. He's the golden boy. For some reason, everybody wants to kind of, you know, confirm their pre-existing notions on Josh Allen that even though have been completely disproven time and time again to the point where if you still think that you're just a moron, but they, you know, the the Josh Allen haters still want to find a way to make it seem like he's still capable of being bad. So if Josh Allen were to have that opposite stat line today, he would have been, he'd be getting absolutely grilled today. Grilled. You know it. And I know it. If Allen had those two INTs, it's all you would have heard today. I can't, you know, can't beat Mahomes. You know, can't deliver and can't deliver in the big moment to get the W. I mean, you can hear it now, right? Man, that game from Josh Allen. I mean, look at that. I mean, the eye test alone, obviously, it it it, it proves it to you. But you look at those numbers, man. And that's what it comes down to against the Chiefs. You you, you have to play damn near a perfect game, and when you look at Allen. I mean, yeah, there there was some there was some moments and lapses in judgment for sure. You know, let's pitch the ball to Isaiah McKenzie for no reason. I mean, what is this wild wild card game against the Houston Texans? I almost put my fist through a wall during that play. Holy crap! But hey, if you're gonna make those mistakes, right your wrongs. And guess what? He did. So I don't care. Right? These guys are gonna make mistakes. It didn't cost him, and he never made a mistake the rest of the game. Mahomes in two pivotal moments, INTs. Everybody always wants to jump to conclusions. Oh, so that means he's worse than Josh Allen? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, yesterday, yeah, he was not as good as Josh Allen. And he was also much, he was much more reckless. In the two biggest moments of the game, perhaps, the opening drive to be able to take a touchdown lead, which in a game like that is everything. INT. And then the final drive where the game's on the line, it's do or die. You got to go down and score or you lose. INT. Two really, really bad mistakes for Patrick Mahomes. 
But it's not all just because he had, you know, just an error. I mean, the Bills' defense just... Teron Johnson came out of nowhere. It was an incredibly crafted defensive play. They, they read that play perfectly. And then Kyir Elon, I mean, that, that was, it was a really bad throw from Mahomes. He should have thrown it out of bounds. But the, but the, you know, the wherewithal as a rookie to jump that ball, because the way you looked at it, it was kind of, I tweeted this out because it's exactly the first thing I thought of. It reminded me of Josh Allen's touchdown pass to Dawson Knox in the wild card against uh, the Patriots last season. He's curling to the right. He's got nothing. It's either he throws it away or takes a sack, so he lobs it up just trying to get rid of it, and somehow, by the grace of God, there's Dawson Knox, touchdown. It was the exact same play, except it was picked off. And as a rookie, Kyrie Elam, to, to, to read that, to not just assume it's going out of bounds, to make the read and pick that play off, that ball off. So it's not just, you know, hey, Mahomes not playing well or whatever. You're, you're playing against the best, and this is back to my point earlier about, you know, the Bills defense not looking like the number one in the league. Well, it's because you're playing the number one offense. I should probably remind myself of that. And with Mahomes, it's not that he's uh, not, the, not the top two quarterback in the league. It's just you're playing the number one defense. So there, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, so let's talk about the, the adversity because I think there was plenty of, uh, there was plenty of times yesterday where this game just, it, it, it could have unraveled and they somehow found a way. There were, th- what was it? There was at least three errors from Isaiah McKenzie yesterday. My, my man, it was just bad. Just a really bad day for Isaiah McKenzie. For starters, I don't know what that play was on the opening drive. That was bad from top to bottom. It was just awful. One, the play call was terrible. Why are you getting cute in that situation? You'd been tic-tac-toeing the ball all the way down the field the whole drive. Why are you running a play like that? Two, Allen, I don't know. Why, why are you pitching it? And three, and I think this is where the biggest fault is, if the play was designed to, to be what it was and Allen was supposed to pitch it, Isaiah McKenzie, why aren't you, why aren't you looking for the ball? It just, it, it looked like he was just, he had no clue. It looked like he had no clue. And just the testament to this D, saved their ass. The Bills D saved the Bills ass to open this game up. Because that is, that right there is a bare minimum six point swing because you would have had at least three points there. You don't. And then the Chiefs go all the way down the field, and if they don't pick the ball off, the Bills, that's at least three points. So that play alone there, that error, would have been at least a six-point swing, but the Bills found a way. Later on in the game, the Bills, fourth down. They try and go for it. Don't get it. Late in the game. And I think that was probably the moment where I said, I I don't know. That's, That's ball game to me. Because you give the Chiefs the ball right on the 50 or whatever whatever it was. Nope. Bills D stood tall. Didn't let them, didn't let them get down on the short field. I just think yesterday there were moments where it could have, it could have unraveled early on, especially. 
And then you had the play, I think, early, uh, later on in the game. You had Allen backing up into the end zone. Isaiah McKenzie wide open. Could have moved the sticks. Drop ball through his hands. It was a rough day for McKenzie yesterday. But, I mean, he still had a great year, I think, despite the circumstances. He's gotten in the end zone multiple times. Every, every player's got a rough game. Yesterday was real rough for McKenzie. Uh, the Juju Smith-Schuster play, I already touched on it. That just can't happen. There were things yesterday that happened where you're like, man, you just can't do that against the Chiefs and expect to win, and they still found a way. I mean, you have three guys standing around Juju on that play, and he breaks, he breaks through for a touchdown. So you have like three or four plays yesterday from the Bills that it just felt like it really could have swung things towards the Chiefs completely. But they found a way. I saved the best for last as far as the adversity, the issues. You mean to tell me, and I waited a full over an hour because I don't, at this point, you won the game. You played your ass off. You couldn't have played better. I mean, you're the best team in the league. So I, it's tough for me to sit and bitch. But this is worthy of a little bit of bitching. You mean to tell me, after essentially losing your chance at this franchise first and only Super Bowl, you mean to tell me losing that chance over 13 seconds in a ball game that you didn't you didn't hit the practice field and practice situational football surrounding that type of moment until your legs fell off. You would have thought if there were any team in the league who would have had a, de a defensive scheme down to at least prevent moving the ball into scoring territory with 12 or so seconds left, it would have been the Bills. It happened again. It happened again. Josh Allen dime right before the half to Gabe Davis. It's almost textbook how similar it was to the divisional game. Josh Allen trailing Gabe Davis dime touchdown. Bills are going to go in with the lead. Bills are going to go in, in, out of the game with a win. Oh, there's a handful of seconds left. Field goal both times. How is that possible? Once again, yesterday, it just seemed exactly the same as it did in the divisional. Where is the D? Where is the defensive scheme that is not prevent with 12 seconds left when the ball is on the opposing side of the field? I don't get it. This defense is the best in the league. We saw it on display yesterday. No doubt about it. What are they doing? Why has there not, did they need, did they need another reason to at least attempt something differently in that situation than what we saw last year? I mean, Anything else. I, I swear to God, I would have rather have saw them send the house 
then do that again. And, and, and it didn't bite him, so here we are. I'm not bitching about it. But could you imagine, right? Just imagine the Bills lose this game 23-20. And the game was decided by three points, and that wound up being the difference. You imagine sitting here today talking about that? I mean, the sickness I would have. Because you'd just be reliving it all over again. Again, something that you thought was just an unbelievable impossibility. But hey, you know, shit happens, sucks it was on our end, and it felt preventable. Right? How, I mean, when that, when that game happened, if, you, if you're a longtime listener of mine, how, what did I talk about that play for after that game? Four weeks? Shit, I'm still talking about it. I always will be because that's how awful it was. And it lost us what I think to be a Super Bowl. And I just would have thought if any team in the league had that happen to them or saw that happen, because everybody and in their, in the, in their mother saw it by now. Everybody's seen it a million times. You would have thought every team would have learned a lesson there and said, hey, you know, you can't just sit on your hands with 12 seconds left, especially against Patrick Mahomes, and you can't play this, like, Hail Mary prevent-style defense. I understand if, if, if you if you get beat on a deep ball, you know, Mahomes, long, deep ball, on, on, on a rope, dime, and, and it's just like, shit, what are you going to do, right? But it was the same thing, just wide open, green field, two plays, boom, field goal range. I will say, though, we did, we did learn yesterday. What did we learn? And I know everybody's still got an argument. Oh, there was more time on the clock uh, last year. There was more time on the clock. They wouldn't have had enough time to do it. I'm not buying it. The squib never would have mattered. You saw it yesterday. You're either going to just, it's like, you know, it's like politics or whatever else. You have a side and you refuse to look at anybody else's, right? So if you're stuck on the squib mattered, you're always going. If you're still stuck on it today, you're always going to be. Right? That's just the way it is. The argument I was getting yesterday, a horrible, horrible take, horrible take. There was more time on the clock last, uh, uh, this, this year. You know, last year there was less time. They would have squibbed it. The, the Chiefs wouldn't have enough time. No, it wouldn't have mattered. And I got to tell you, there's a silver lining in that. So why don't you just take it? Why don't you just take it? The squib, the squib fans out there, the 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 squib, the 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 crowd that says the squib would have won the Bills the game last year in the divisional. Why don't you just take the silver lining here? Why don't you just take it? Because I got to tell you, it makes me feel a little bit better. Because I was a firm believer that the squib didn't matter, but of course there was a little part of me that said, "Huh, I guess you never know." I mean, they didn't do it. So, had they had done it, could it have been differently? I'll never know. I was a firm, I, I said it yesterday. I was the chairman of the squib kick did not matter club. And yesterday you saw why. But of course, there was still that little inch in the back of my brain that was like, oh, well, maybe it would have made, maybe it would have made a difference. I don't know. Hell, I would have loved to have seen anything else. But you saw it yesterday. 
So, I, so what I say to those who are still the big squib kick fans, take the silver lining because it feels a little bit better knowing that there really wasn't anything they were going to be able to do. But I'll tell you one thing they could have done, and it was the one thing they didn't do yesterday again. Can you? Can we learn from yesterday, please? Because if that happens again, if that happens again and it costs them, I, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I want you to really picture this. Picture the Bills getting into that position again like they were last year and losing in that fashion again or something similar to it. I mean, think about what you're going to do. I'll tell you what, there won't be, I mean, everybody within a mile radius of my home will be woken up from me just tearing down every wall in my home, destroying every every adamant object that's surrounding me. I mean, I I will lose it. I will go into it. I will literally spiral out of control. They'll have to put me in a straight jacket if if we lose a game like that again. Right. And we're not talking, and there's a reason I'm just chatting a little bit about this, right? As we close out here, because it didn't, it didn't cost us, but we know what it's like when it does. We know what it's like when it does. And I just, and if, and if you lose on it, if you lose in that situation, like I said, and Mahomes just drops an absolute ball right into a pool hole, you know, right into a bucket, just a dime, you know, whoever's out there, Elam, Tredavious White, whoever, they're, they're covering it perfectly, and it's just an absolute dime. And you're just like, ah, fuck. But uh, all right, you know, shit. They made a hell of a play. Then you, you can live with it. You can live with it. But when you but when you send out that same defense, and and you know me, I mean, if you've been listening to me long enough, I've told you this. You know this is my thing. I'm not the analytical X and O's playbook guy. I'm not the guy who's going to sit here and say, "Hey, you, you need you need to run this scheme with this. You need to send this guy over here, and you need to add this guy to the flat." And I, I don't I don't care about that really. It all matters. I just my brain doesn't think like that. I am an English. Guy, I'm, 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 a, I'm a, you know, like that's my type of thing. That type of stuff is like math and sciencey stuff in my brain. I know it's not really like math and science. Or maybe I don't. Maybe my brain. The moral of the story: My brain doesn't work like that. I find no joy in me pretending to play coach uh, on the whiteboard or my iPad here. I don't find any joy in that. But I think, with that said, if I and the majority of everybody else can watch that play and see, hey, you know, it kind of looks like you're not covering anybody here. You might want to, like, move the D up a bit because they don't they don't need to go the full length. They just got to get, like, 40 yards. If it's that blatant and it's that glaring, I think that, you know, I mean, everybody else can see it too. I just hope next time there's a different approach. If they lose on it, so be it. But I just can't believe that happened again. And you sit there and you're just like, (laughs) and and, and Romo said it too, you know? I love Romo. How about Romo Romo called the score of the game too? In like the first quarter, he called it. Hey, Jim, this is going to be like a 24-20 game. I don't know what, I don't know, dude, that, that dude's amazing. It's crazy because I've always, you know, hated the Cowboys. So I always kind of just, dis- me, and my, me and my dad always just disliked Romo because he was a Cowboy quarterback. I mean, that's just the way it goes. I love Tony Romo. Love him. 
And uh, where was I going with this? So, yeah, he predicted the game. He already predicted the score. And then before the half, he's like, well, speaking of 13 seconds, Jim. And I'm like, because I didn't even really put two and two together. And I'm like, yo, no way. Right? No way. And then, and then you sit there, and Harrison Bucker's making his way out on the field, and you just know he's making it. You know it. But I guess some some wrongs were written or whatever later on. Um, because Bucker did miss one. That was big. Bucker did miss a, a kick, and that was huge. You know. Tony Pepperoni coming here. He's, he's saying, uh, so is it truly unlucky? Oh, I see here. Now, did you ever put two and two together with 13 seconds and Gabe Davis is 13? Oh, yeah. There's a, I, I think I had a guy tell me that I, before that that was like a, a, a hidden symbolic message as to why the, how the NFL is rigged. Uh, you got to see some of the stuff some people say to me sometimes. I've, I've had a, like a ton of those theories throw. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I, I shared this a while ago on Twitter, but there was a not going to get into a whole tangent here because I don't have time, but <laughs> there was a video a guy made after the Bills Chiefs divisional game last year. Uh, he has a whole YouTube account dedicated to trying to prove the NFL is rigged. And out of all the arguments you could have made, whether it's like, you know, officiating or, you know, stuff that, you know, could could somewhat make sense. He had a whole breakdown as to how Josh Allen implanted a magnet into the football and Gabe Davis had gloves that had the opposite end of the magnet in the gloves so that the ball would immediately travel and then connect to the magnets in Gabe Davis's gloves. I got to tell you, it was one of the most, and this guy was so certain of it. I mean, he, he was, he was as certain as if he had put the magnet in the ball himself. And it was one of the greatest videos I've ever seen. I got to go back and I got to go back and find that and and put that out again. It's amazing. And then it just proved to me, I, and that's when, this is where my first thought was. I go, you know, Josh Allen is so good. He's got a guy out here breaking down film to find out whether or not the dude implanted a magnet into the ball. Because the guy said that there was no possible way Josh Allen could have made the ball move that fast. So the only way the ball could move that fast was that the magnet on the other side, which just so happened to be in Gabe Davis's gloves, was able to you know, pull with such a force, the ball, uh, it, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I like what, see, Rico and I, we, we, we'll do this from time to time. Rico and I, we, 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 got, we got passionate, differentiating thoughts. I love when this happens because we, we always get into a good, because Rico and I are perfect when we have differentiating thoughts. It's not we're going to sit here and, and bark at each other. We always have a good constructive argument. I always take things from what he says he always takes things from what I say I think maybe maybe he doesn't I don't know I think everybody thinks this when I think they think this with Collins or I think they think this with Romo I think what this is I just think that we hate hearing good things about Mahomes 
So when we do hear him, it's just like, ah, how about our buddy Josh Allen? You want to talk about him a little bit too? I think that's what it is. I feel it's almost like if you have a kid and like, you know, you have a kid, a little kid who's playing, uh, you know, like youth sports and you know, your kid had a really good game and the coach afterwards is praising the uh, another kid. And you're like, hey, well, what about my kid? You know, my kid had a great game. Like you love Josh Allen so much, you want to hear it, even though the other kid, you know, he's pretty good too. I think you can, and the reason I love Romo so much, you can hear the love of the game in his voice. There's nobody who loves football more than that guy. I mean, he is like a kid in a candy store calling these games. I love that. Troy Aikman is half asleep every time I'm watching Monday Night Football. I got it on right now. I don't have the volume on. But there's some times where I don't even know if he's up there. I, I love the passion, the energy, the excitement of Romo. And I understand, you know, people like, you know, and I'm sure there's probably plenty of people who, th- who believe that with Rico as well. I know plenty of people think that about uh, Collinsworth. But there's also, and I look at it with Collinsworth, there's, there's like very few people in the world who know football better than Chris Collinsworth. The guy breaks down football tremendously. The one guy that I, I always have just had a problem with is Aikman. There's just no energy there. There's no energy. I'm not getting anything. Exactly. Johnny Blaze coming and saying, you know, uh, Romo predicts plays before, the, before it happens because he actually understands the game. Romo is actually getting so accurate at predicting the plays before the game. I, I, I don't have like a source on this, but I heard this from, from somewhere or read somewhere. Someone at CBS or whatever had to tell Romo to stop doing that because it was like giving other teams an advantage the following week as far as like being able to decipher what the the scheme was or whatever. Like he's the goat. Romo's great. He's a great, he's great. Um, To round it out. I had to give a little rant on the 13 second thing there. Don't come at me. You know it. And I know it. That was annoying. You did not go after that touchdown to Gabe Davis. You're through the moon stoked, right? The Bills couldn't score all first half. And then that absolute dime and you're riding, you're riding high. You can't tell me you didn't go into that half. Just wanting to, you know, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So it was worth talking about, but only for a little bit because them Buffalo Bills, baby, are the number one team in the AFC. They are the best team in the NFL. They knock off the Kansas City Chiefs. And yesterday... They showed you that what this team was built to do is capable of doing so. And now, the only question left, of course, is can they do it when it matters the most? But a lot of people, before I end it here, a lot of people are are wanting to to discredit this game because it is a regular season game. And I do understand the Bills last year in the regular season, they did go to Arrowhead and win. It's not like they, you know, this isn't, you know, a miracle. The fact that they did this yesterday, we've seen it. But people want to write it off because it wasn't a playoff game. And, of course, they lost the playoff game twice to the to the uh, Chiefs, you know, when they mattered. If you don't think this game yesterday was a playoff equivalent when it all settles at the end of the year, you're wrong. It's these two teams and everybody else. And I've talked about this at nauseum now. Go look at the Bills' schedule compared to the first half. It's like what my man Johnny DeMarchi said earlier. 
The Bills had one of the hardest schedules in the whole league, and they should have went undefeated into the bye if it weren't for absolutely getting decimated on defense. And they were still an eyelash away from winning that one. They're five and one going into the bye with every single win being over a quality team outside of Pittsburgh, who, hey, just beat Tom Brady in the box yesterday. So who the hell knows? Are they good? No, but they're capable of beating good teams, and the Bills absolutely wax that ass. Five and one going into the bye. Every team they beat outside of Phil, uh, Pittsburgh is a contender. Every team they beat can beat any other team on any given week, and even Pittsburgh, even Pittsburgh, who is a dumpster fire in my opinion, can somehow find a way to do so too. There is no discrediting that game yesterday whatsoever. Not that many are, but of course the argument is, well, you didn't do it when it mattered most. Well, it's going to matter a lot come the end of the year. I promise you. And that game could very well be the difference between playing the AFC championship and the rematch of this game in Orchard Park or Arrowhead. Huge W for our Buffalo Bills. And it was a huge victory Monday. And I'm glad I got to share it with you. But get a load of this. We're not done. I got more going on tonight. My man Tommy over at Buffalo Late Night was kind enough to invite me on the show, which starts in one minute. And guess who else is joining that program? My man and your man, Rico. We're heading over to Buffalo Late Night right now to hop on for some more Bills Chiefs talk. And I'd love for you to come from here to there and show my man Tommy over at Buffalo Late Night some support as well and come listen to me, him, and Rico chat a little bit more about Bill's Chiefs. So I know, you look, at you're already watching YouTube. Come join us over there. But if you do have to hit the sack and go to bed, I know it's getting late. I don't blame you. I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. Bill's best team in the league. You guys, best fans in the league. They got it done. Five and one going into the bye. A must, much deserved bye. I'll be back with you next Monday if I don't see you over on the Buffalo Late Night, so I will see you then. But have a great rest of your week and enjoy the hell out of this win. Got two whole weeks to enjoy it. Can't beat that. All righty, folks. Much love. Talk to you next Monday. And as always, go Bells. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.